This is The Strategist, episode 809. My name is Zane Belger. With me, as always, Stephen Carter, Corey Hogan. Guys, how are you? Your grace, how are you, my friend? Oh, let me tell you something. The state of the Dominion is strong. Happy oh. post. So, so if listeners are unaware, Zane Velji's mother-in-law just got named the Lieutenant Governor of Alberta. So uh, the Vice Regal Representative. And of course, uh, what, what do we call you, Zane? It's and how the, many uh, forks were at your dinner uh, today? It's Vice Son to the Vice Regal. Oh, uh, Vice Son to the Vice Regal. I think, I think that is the official title. Uh, I get I get a government car. I was going to go with my own residence. <laughs> it's the less be, yes. honorable. I don't know what to do now. The less, the less honorable, honorable is known. Yeah, it works. You're well known for your vice, so I'm okay with your title. That's good. Uh, that's all <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Uh, why are we here, guys? It is it is Thursday. We're clearly not here to talk about this. We're here to power through that concept and talk about something else. Because uh, cause I'm not going to call this an emergency episode as much as Stephen Carter wants me to do that, but I think it's a special episode. It is special. <laughs> special. Well, we're here because we were talking about... I, so I got a poll. I got polled. I got a phone call. A live pollster started asking me questions, and that never happens to me. By the way, that should never happen to me. They should probably ask at the start, do you have any one of these 12 backgrounds, nine of which I do, which would exclude me from a poll? But uh, yep. I got a live pollster who was asking about provincial issues, and I was talking and that happened to today. you two. That happened today. So I was talking to you two, and I thought, why not have this conversation in front of thousands of our friends and uh, worshipping fans and not just with each other? Keyword worshipping. Way more adoring when we're doing it together. Yeah. Well, let's just jump into it then, Corey, and have you deep dive uh, it for us. Let's go into our first and only segment, Call Me Maybe. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I am very good at this job. I think we all know that. Very good. Uh, I, f- I feel like I feel like that was one of the best. I, not was- as not as good as uh, the rally uh, sponsored by KKK Pop, which if you still don't get, uh, you will have to research. Okay, yeah. Corey, talk to us about this poll. You got one today, live call. Can I ask you whether it was on? I assume it was on your cell phone, right? It, it was on. It was on one of my phones. Yeah. Yeah. It was from the Logic Group or the Logic Group. I can't remember now, but I wrote it down. They wouldn't tell me who the sponsor was. I gave them a hard time about that. Which, by the way, I was a super annoying person to poll. They really should have hung up on me multiple times <laughs> when I started saying things like that's that's going to introduce order effect and that's a double barreled question and I'm not going to answer that. That premise is wrong. But they didn't because they've got quotas to meet, and I was a live body who was entertaining them. Uh, and so I got a poll. I got a poll, and and at first I just thought, yeah, okay, because I was I was on the road. I was I was traveling today, and I thought this would be a good way to kill some time. And, and they asked me how is the provincial government handling the economy. That piqued my interest. How I was planning to vote in the provincial election, which is many years away. Uh, my views of Trudeau, Notley, and Kenny were the three people they asked about. And then a bunch of government-specific questions. So how is the provincial government doing on COVID? How is it doing on federal uh, relations? Uh, How would I vote on the question of separating from Canada? Uh, Which may sound like, wow, but I'll tell you, uh, that's something that the province has been polling on for quite some time at this point, because it's a bit of an alarming trend. See previous episodes. It was all really interesting. But like the bulk of the survey was on Alberta's fiscal situation, this giant deficit that we're facing down. We had a big one before COVID. We've got a huge one now, just huge. Like people are talking 20 billion plus. Uh, So I had questions about how big of a deal this deficit was, if I thought it needed to be eliminated within five years, if I supported a plan to do that, something, some some language like that. If I would, now where it got really interesting was, would I support 
a 5% wage rollback for public sector employees. Uh, it was pretty leading. It talked about government employees being half the budget, which is only true if you count nurses, teachers, maybe even doctors as government yeah. employees, which I don't think is really what people had in mind. And it also said, hey, are you aware that wages in Alberta are 10 to 20% higher than everywhere else? Does that make you support wage rollbacks? And then there were questions like, would I support a PST instead of having to cut services? Would I support a health care premium? Would I support more private health care? But, you know, perhaps most intriguing of all, and all of those are kind of like, whoa, is the government considering all of those, right? But uh, perhaps most intriguing of all, in addition to those questions individually, I was asked them in conjunction. So how would I feel about a 5% wage cut, 5% PST, and reductions in spending rolled in as a plan, presumably for a five-year deficit goal? That's a lot of fives. That's very marketing speak, right? And so that's very interesting. Uh, being asked about a compromise plan isn't something you normally see unless somebody is actually considering the execution of a total package. So it's it's really interesting because somebody, and you can't really say with certainty who, is is message testing some pretty specific messages. Carter, you, I want to get your reaction to what you just heard from Corey. Perhaps we'll get into the speculation of who this could be in, in a moment, but any basic thoughts on the on that survey construction, especially considering what we've talked about in the past with with uh, what what proper survey construction looks like what are you what are you seeing here what are you sensing here in your mind well the five by five by five plan definitely has my interest peaked um i mean already it's branded i mean it's a five year or five percent wage rollback five percent pst and a five-year plan that's someone testing something that's thought through like this is this is now at stage two of the actual discussion instead of stage one stage one is me and Corey sitting in the back of a room going well I don't know maybe it could work but now you have to go out and you have to test it and if you test it and it comes back with a certain reasonable numbers like who's it going to upset who's who's interested and that's why all of those other questions are there because you're looking for all those cross tabs right the the separatists well you know what we can't get them anyways so if they're angry who cares right or you know this actually has a pretty strong cr crossover with uh former liberal voters or it's got a crossover with somebody else so you can you can put together a package of ideas and this this testing this five by five by five which is now how i'm christening it uh corey hasn't christened it as such but um the five by five by five plan that's ready to be tested that's ready to be rolled out that's ready to be put into the balloon of, of whether or not this is actually going to go somewhere. So I'm dying to know who's going to actually test this. I mean, maybe it's us. Maybe we were, maybe the reason they called you, Corey, is they wanted us to talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> we are actually doing the, the testing for whoever did this poll. We, we are wow. doing the bidding for them. Corey, that is some I... galaxy brain stuff. That's a good <laughs> idea. People should do that. Uh... <laughs> It reminds me of the Herman Cain 999 plan. Do you guys yeah, remember that from, from 2012? Yeah. Uh, Herman Cain has a COVID diagnosis. Too, I but. saw that. By the way, he also attended the rally, which is which is pre yeah, presumably why he got this COVID diagnosis. Oh, good news. Good news. Uh, who thought we'd be talking about Herman Cain on this podcast? Uh, <laughs> Corey, how long did this survey take? I'm kind of curious. Like, how long did you were you on the phone for this? Half uh, hour? I, I, no, no. Uh, no, maybe. 15? 10, 15 minutes, I think probably okay. 15. It, it probably definitely been, felt on the long side. Probably would have been 10 if you hadn't been t pushing back on every question. That's a leading question. Oh, I don't you know. The ordering effect is going to come into effect there. Uh, you should really ask me that later. What are you doing here putting this in now? Yeah, seriously. And the person who's just paid to make the call yeah. is just like, okay, man, that's great. But so, no, so I, 10 to 15, I think. 
we don't know who exactly commissioned this poll. You mentioned there was no sponsoring organization. Uh, let's go through a few groups that that could maybe not have commissioned it, but perhaps could have, but could also benefit from the value of the results of this poll. And let's start with the most obvious one, guys. Let's start with the UCP. So suppose this was them. This is the governing party in Alberta. They're putting this poll out. Corey, what are your, what are your thoughts? What are they what are they perhaps telegraphing, or what are they trying to get out of something like this? It seems obvious, but I want to hear your your thoughts in a, in a more nuanced way, perhaps. Well, look, there's actually a few reasons you might do a poll like this if you're the UCP. Uh, you might be planning to do something, but you might must also consider the possibility you might be trying to prove something would be unpopular. Mm-hmm. And certainly, when you see the a political party that has internal dissent on a particular issue, there's an old there's a saying with with uh, public opinion research in government, right? Uh, public opinion research has been weaponized and it ends arguments instead of starting arguments. So you come in and you have the numbers and everybody shuts up, which is why, by the way, premier's offices are so anxious about who sees polling when and how, uh, because when it gets thrown in the premier's face, that's that's obviously a suboptimal, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you are the premier's office and you have a wing of your party, and I'm not saying this is the case at all, I'm just I'm creating a illustration here. Uh, If you have a wing of your party who says, we must do this, we must bring in a sales tax, we must put this bundle together, uh, and you want to prove that it's unpopular, that you might also poll on it for those reasons, right? So you're able to walk into cabinet and say, you know, I heard you on that one. I did a bit of polling, had some commission through the party. And by the way, it's supported by 13% of Albertans. Uh, I think that'd be a pretty clear path back to opposition. But the reason that you would normally do something like this is because you're thinking about doing it. Now, what yeah. is really interesting about this is it looks like they're thinking of doing it in a hurry because the right way to do this would be to do this in two stages. You poll on the individual components. You see what the support is for those levels or, or for those individual pieces. And then you put together a couple of different bundles and you see how people react to the bundle. The final thing you want to do a lot of the time uh, because who you are will will also elicit different reactions. You know, the NDP can say some things that the UCP can't and vice versa, just based on people's pre-baked opinions is you want to say, okay, now if this was the UCP asking you this, how do you feel about that? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating. It, it really suggests that uh, that there's some struggle with, if it were the UCP, it would suggest there's some struggle as to what to do next and what are Albertans going to do to us if we do this. Carter, I want you to answer the same question in terms of the UCP, why they would do this, but perhaps in two ways. Number one, uh, about the UCP in particular, and then number two, maybe if you can comment about being the governing party and and being someone who was in the premier's office at one point and how this research perhaps gets done if it was from uh, from the governing party and, and how it's fanned out and, and maybe that process, because I don't know if our listeners are familiar with that either. Yeah, I think that it's super important to recognize that the reason I think the UCP is doing this at this particular point in time is that the 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 rules of the game have changed since they got elected you know they came in a year ago they got themselves elected they were all super pleased they had a plan to eliminate the deficit uh by what 2024 or something like that it was it was all going to go tickety-boo just the way you wanted it to go and then we ran into a couple of problems that were more real than they thought they were and that and that was first of all the the absolute downfall of oil and gas that is not coming back if you look back at um you know, Ralph Klein's cuts in 1994, uh, we were rescued out of that situation principally by rising gas prices. 
which enabled us to uh, put in some significant surpluses that allowed him to buy his way out of the, the choices that he made. Um, that's not happening this time. And in fact, uh, the, 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 bu the budget prices that they expected to get for, their, for oil um, are way higher than the actual prices that we're receiving right now. And the second problem, of course, is COVID. Both of those things have undermined the economy. The deficit's going to be enormous, and they're they're not on a path. And Jason Kenney and his government actually believe really strongly that deficits are bad. That's an ideological thing that they believe, and they don't want this on their watch. And now they're trying to figure out how to get out of it. If this is a UCP poll, and, and I, I suspect it's more a UCP poll than an NDP poll, um, I would say that, that what they're trying to do is find a way to come out of their problems. I do agree with Corey that this is definitely not, this is rushed. You know, you, you first of all, 5%, what's the wisdom of a 5% PST? What's the wisdom of a 5% wage cut? There is no particular, like uh, when we did budget choice years ago with H&K, we did it and we learned a lot about what people wanted, like where were the variables and they could pick and choose what they actually wanted. That gives you all kinds of different information. Like by just choosing one point on the dartboard where you threw the dart already, you're now minimizing the impact of the research. The research doesn't get to go the full way so that you can actually break down um, you know, sh should we do a 4% PST? Is 6% just as unpopular as 6% could be as unpopular as 5%, in which case you do 6% because you right. need the revenue, yeah. right? If it's the exact same problem, why not take the extra point? But they're not testing on, you know, what the point is. They're not testing, you know, they could have done a blind test. I mean, maybe the, maybe this is a really good poll and they've done three different sample groups. One got five, five, five. One got six, 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 right? One's got seven, seven, seven. Could happen. Yeah. We don't know. But Normally, you would be doing some sort of structure that gives you much more data and much more understanding of the 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 options that would be available to you. Because let's be honest, they don't have a lot of options. They're testing. They should be testing on what the options could be and how people would react, how their base reacts, and all of those other things. Corey, yeah, it, you know, if it is the UCP. So the one thing that makes me think maybe. Well, the, the big thing that makes me think maybe it's not is that the premier has always said PST is a really bad idea. PST would require a referendum. There was a bill, one of the very first bills of the new government that effectively put into law that, you know, there's already a law in the books that says you need a referendum for a PST, uh, but added added to that law and said, by the way, also carbon tax. So, so the idea that you would not uh, have a referendum on that seems really suspect. So maybe this is a much longer lead thing where people go to the polls and discuss this and a number of other concepts. But that seems weird. Um, the other thing is this this was a lot of stuff that's not in the public conversation right now, at least not in a real way. A PST, a health care yeah. premium, more private health care. And there is a there's a adage that I always tell people when they're when they're looking at polls, you know, um, and that, it, and maybe I'm sure I've said it on this before. Beware of novel concepts, because opinions people come to cheaply can be removed cheaply. And if you just preload them with a bit of priming, as "Hey, wages are a little high here," uh, don't you think it should cut? Of course, everyone's going to rush to that option, but that option might be totally phony. It, you know, it might take almost no rebuttal in order to pull that out of people's minds. Like, it, it, you know, the NDP could come along and say, "Yeah, wages are." 
what, 10 to 20% higher than everywhere else, but Alberta's GDP per capita is 40% higher than the Canadian average if you exclude Alberta. So by that measure, we're actually doing pretty great, right? Yeah. We, we've, good job, we've really constrained wages. Um, so you've got to be really careful when you start polling on things that are not in the public consciousness, and you've got to see the limitations of that polling, or else the poll will lie to you. And one of my other rules is never let polls lie to you. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that before. Carter, I want to talk about strategy for a second. So let's take the assumption that this is a UCP poll. And let's say, should this podcast have not happened or a news story not come out of this, they wanted this to kind of go under the radar. Would this be a good strategy for them? Would this particular format, both as a tool and perhaps even the message, would you classify that as a good strategy for the UCP in terms of their troubles right now and, and how to get out of them? Well, I think that it undermines their core strategy. The core strategy has been we're going to simply rebuild the economy and the rebuilt economy will lift us out of our problems. Um, that is their core message. Uh, they've been consistent on it. Jason Kenney, you know, it's, I think he's got it tattooed on his left arm. He can just read it off the economy. Uh, we will rebuild the economy and everything will be fine. That's the way that he he talks to Albertans and that's his, his primary message. Any deviation from that primary message is going to undermine his strength. It wouldn't matter what it was, right? Um, so he is hurting himself by uh, moving away from his primary message if this is, in fact, his strategy. But it also comes with a recognition that this is reality. This isn't a – you don't move away from your primary strategy because uh, you want to. You move away from your primary strategy because you're forced to. And this particular situation is, is difficult to say the least, I wouldn't care what government is in there right now. Any government that is governing in today's environment is going to have a hard time. So they need to figure out how to get themselves out of this. Um, the idea of creating a five-year plan, um, I mean, sure, a little bit Soviet era, but whatever. You know, we just go with that. So the, but it, it's, it's at least a plan. He's going to present a deficit when we get our next budget update that is going to be astronomical. It's going to be twice the size of anything that the Notley governments had, and it's going to put him at, at, a, at a sizable risk. But what else was he going to do? He didn't have much choice. He had to do that. He had to do what he's done. Um, every government in Canada, every government in the world has done what Jason Kenney did. And it's the same situation Stephen Harper found himself in when he had to embark on all this stimulus spending. It's not what he wants to do. It's what he has to do. He Corey, ran you... so many deficits that was outside of his norm. But uh, what else? that's what you have to do in these circumstances. Corey, what do you think of the strategy here? If this is UCP, is this a, is this a good strategic or tactical move on their part? Well, it's better to go into something like this armed with a little bit of data than no data at all. So in that sense, sure. Yep. Uh, what our listeners may or may not be aware of, certainly those outside of Alberta are unlikely to be, is we just got yet another credit downgrading uh, from Fitch this week. So there's, there's a real problem. And, and for many, many years, I mean, I was in government for years, right? I, I ran communications for the government for years. And we got really used to saying, yeah, yeah, okay, the deficit is this, but it's the lowest debt to GDP ratio in the country still. Because, of course, we started from a point of no debt just not too many years ago. That ain't true anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Like Our debt has rocketed out of control here. And if it continues on this trajectory, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how you come back from it. So the deficit is a problem. It's a real problem, and it needs to be addressed in some way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, you might just be Jason Kenney sitting there saying, well, shit got to do something 
right? If it's the UCP, which again, there's there's not a there's not enough evidence to say that. Yeah, and yeah, Carter, let's... this is our reckless speculation pod. I love it. This uh, yeah, me too. And <laughs> and let's continue the reckless speculation by speculating whether if this is the NDP, why they'd want to do it. So on that front, Carter, I want to throw this to you. What what are your what would your take be if this was uh, the opposition, the NDs, uh, throwing this poll out there? I, I have to discount any of the opposition parties. First of all, most of them can't afford it, uh, but the NDP could afford a poll like this, but you wouldn't be testing on the specific ideas yet because your job's not necessarily to present a path out of the deficit. Your job is to present a, uh, a solid opposition to whatever the plans are of the government. Um, you don't need to. You don't need to solve the deficit if you're the the NDP. You just need to point out that there's a massive deficit. Um, that's that's all your job is. So you don't have to come up with a five by five by five plan, uh, especially when one of those fives is completely against what you stand for, which is the cut uh, to the public sector. Um, you would never have proposed a five percent wage cut. Um, you're not going to propose it now. You're not going to propose it in the election. I don't even think you would propose it if you were in government. It's just not what you would do. So I don't think the NDP put this poll out. And, and, you know, one of the questions, if it's not the UCP, who is it? Because it ain't the NDP. I I am 99.9% certain it's not the NDP. Corey? So I agree, but let's talk about that 0.1%. So if it's the NDP, it's crazy, unless... You have really strong insight into what the government is planning. Yeah. If somebody dropped yeah. on your desk, the government is putting together a package like this, and it's going to be communicated in this way, because then that information is pretty useful to you. You can you can tell exactly how Albertans are going to react to it. I don't think that's the case. Let me just be really clear on that. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so much about how the poll went through and, and just the way it, it phrased things and tried to lead you in certain ways. It makes it seem unlikely. Now, when you are doing your opponent's message, Uh, You always do want to test the strongest, best version of your opponent's message. Where political parties can run into trouble is almost creating a caricature of their opponent. You know, where they start pulling on, do you support our well-reasoned plan to balance or the socialist experiment of the opposition? No, you've got to, you've got to, because that's not going to work in the real world, right? You've Mm -hmm. got to give their actual message versus your actual message, best versions of both and seeing which lands strongest. Um, but I just can't see that. Like, if it were an NDP one, the temptation to add additional questions that were along what you wanted to do would be too high. Who's going to pay for a poll that is exclusively on the other guy's message? Where's the carbon tax? Where's the energy tax? Like, why, why, where you would test, if you were the NDP, you would test bringing back the carbon tax in some force, you know, some fashion. It would be a better poll across the board if you tested on a variety of income measures, including things like increasing corporate taxes, mm-hmm. increasing increasing personal income taxes above tax. certain brackets. A, yeah, a absolutely. Be in there. Uh, so you have to assume, you know, the 99.9 is right. Carter is absolutely right. On the point one, um, they need to have a serious talk to whoever's constructing their poll if it's the point one, but I don't believe that's the case. Yeah. And on that front, Corey, I want to separate the two parties, the UCP and the NDP, with government. So could that also be the 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 player here? And and of course as someone who's run government communications, can you perhaps explain to our listeners who may not be aware the difference between what we've been talking about in terms of the UCP and maybe even the premier's office versus government perhaps commissioning a poll like this? Uh and second part to that question, could they be a likely suspect to 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 this poll and, and what their motivations might be? 
So in this case, the premier's office and the public service are largely bound by the same rules. Um, so when you talk about government, government polls all the time on all sorts of matters, right? And uh, very consistently on whether government's on the right track or the wrong track, uh, looking at it on economic measures, anything that they're you know sort of tracking, such as um, you know support for separatism, anything along the lines of uh, you know that's an example, but it could be anything. It could be how do people feel about motorcycle helmets? How do how do people feel about uh, budget measures more generally? We always tried to make them you know when I was running communications there feel super generic, like it could come from people pro or con, a lot of sides. Um, but government's polling all the time. And so in a sense, you could immediately say, maybe this is a government poll, but for, for two things, right? <laughs> two very important things. One is they asked about party support. That is a clear red line. That is mm. not an appropriate use of public funds. Uh, that, that is using government money for political gain. Uh, and, and look, for some things... It's in the eye of the beholder, right? You know, you run an ad campaign, and does it seem like it's too boosterish of the government? People can argue about that. There is some ambiguity on something like this that is such a clearly defined, literally written down rule that you cannot do partisan communications with government money, uh, that you'd get yourself in a lot of trouble. I mean, remember the sponsorship scandal? That was literally government money given to an organization for one purpose that was in turn funneled to party interests. That, that is what the sponsorship scandal was. And just to put like an underline on this, because I, I suspected this was going to come up, it's fraud. Everyone, this is the literal definition of fraud in the criminal code. Everyone who, by deceit, falsehood, or other fraudulent means, whether or not it is a false pretense within the meaning of this act, defrauds the public or any person, whether ascertained or not, of any property, money, or valuable security, or any service, is guilty of an indictable offense and liable to a term of 14 years if it's over $5,000, which this certainly would be, or two years if it's not. Like, it, I, it's not the government, because let's just assume nobody is that stupid. Right. If 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 the government was being levered in that fashion, people would be at serious risk of jail time. So it's not the government. I don't believe it's the government. The other thing I will say is that they asked me my full postal code and first name, which is enough to ID an individual. So that tells me it's also being used for voter ID. And when I thought about it afterwards, I don't believe they ever told me it was going to be an anonymous survey. Right. And uh, I didn't give them my first name, by the way. Anybody who gets a question like that should not give the first name. But uh, that kind of data collection cannot happen under Alberta privacy laws. So, you know, I gave fake first name and I moved on with my life. But, uh, you know, they said they wanted the first name in case a supervisor needed to call or something. That's ridiculous. It would never fly under the government's privacy laws. So it it just it can't be government. It just it can't. Carter would go to jail. Anything to add to that? I mean, it, it, Corey's right. I mean, you just simply couldn't ask these questions. I mean, you can throw in stuff like, you know, is the government going the right direction, wrong direction? You know, but it's not about the party, right? The the political entity. Um, it's it's difficult for people to r- realize that there are kind of three entities sometimes in the or all the time in these discussions. There are the political parties. There is the legislature and there is the government. Um, those are three distinct elements and that we often just smush together because that's the way we think of them, right? The UCP is the government. Well, the UCP is the party. The government is Jason Kenney's cabinet. The legislature are the MLAs. Those are different and distinct elements. Uh, You can't use money from the government 
to do research into how your party is performing. Uh, so part of me, of course, of course, wishes and hopes that this was a government survey, uh, but, <laughs> there's no but there's way. no way it can't yeah. be. So um, we, we've kind of, you know, we've eliminated the NDP. We've eliminated the other two opposition parties, if they're still around. And now we're left with, um, the, and we've eliminated the government. So what could this be? And uh, the UCP, I don't think, I don't think we've eliminated. I think it could be the UCP, but um, I'm also wondering if this is some sort of third party group. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I, I want to get into that in a second, Carter. Yeah. Corey, did you have anything else to finish us off on on this particular element of the of the government? I saw you feverishly darting your eyes. So I want to make sure you get in before we move on to special interest groups. Well, the only other thing I will say, because I didn't really answer your question about talk about those differences, and, and Carter sort of partially answered it. Political parties uh, exist for these political gains. Uh, governments exist for a totally different purpose, and and uh, you know it's just it's it's un it's unrealistic to think that government money would be spent in this way because it would just be one FOIP request away to show that this was a government poll, and then you are screwed. You are just screwed. Like literally, people go to jail screwed. Carter, let's start with special interest groups. You you, you brought it up. Uh, explain yeah. to me why that they could perhaps be both behind this and the value that they could get from this data. Well, I mean, think about a, um, a chamber of commerce uh, or something along those lines where you have uh, a, 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 an expectation from your members that you're going to lobby the government to try and come up with better policies that take you out of the current problem that you're in. Right now, we have a significant problem. Businesses are going to look at what's happening in Alberta, the credit downgrades, the 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 you know the situation that we're in, and they're going to make choices about whether or not they come here. It doesn't matter how low the taxation rates are. If the taxation rates two years from now, four years from now, are going to be substantially higher in order to pay off massive debt that is being accumulated at this moment. So a chamber of commerce could do something like this and take a look at, a, at what they think uh, in their wisdom is a reasonable way out. Everybody suffers a little bit. This is a great way out. We can do this in five years. If we had a 5% PST and a 5% wage rollback, see the voters suffer, the public service suffers, everybody wins because everybody's suffering. Um, in fact, it feels a little bit like that. It feels a little bit like uh, someone's policy that they came up with um, without regard to the political consequences, without thinking about the plebiscite legislation that's been passed, without thinking about, um, you know, which side is actually going to buy into this. You know, there's something untenable for the UCP. There's something untenable for the NDP. You know, so there's not necessarily a lot of political opportunity in this. But I'd like that kind of well-meaning third party. Like the other thing is that it's I don't think it's what is the Manning Center now called now the uh, We Want to Be America Foundation. Um, those <laughs> those guys would have put their finger on the scale in a different way. They would have put you know a ten percent cut for the public service and no tax and a tax decrease for for Albertans. Don't you want that? Don't you want a tax decrease? We should take these guys down by ten percent and you pay less taxes. I could see something like that from the uh, um, the, the right wing freaks. Um, that that uh, the worship uh, Preston Manning, but this is this feels to me like a well-meaning third party that's trying to figure out 
a way out and they want to present it to government and say, see, see, 46.3% of the population want this. Uh, one third comes from people who will never vote for you. The other third comes from people who are voting to separate. And the other last third are your, <laughs> are your supporters uh, that uh, now think you're actually doing this. So you should probably do it. Corey, special interest group. What do you want to take from what Carter said here around their, both their value that they would get from this and, and perhaps the, the plausibility that they might be behind something like this? Well, I think it's cogent analysis. The The idea that, that somebody would put together something like this from like a chamber of commerce or an economist party kind of view, somebody who is talking to to well-meaning economists who are always pushing the idea of, of a sales tax, would love to talk about why, I don't know if that's a great idea. And a lot of it has to do with popularity. I've, I've pulled on sales taxes for a long time. They've never been very popular in this province. There would have to be like a sea change of public opinion in the past six months. Um, but I'll tell you, the if it's an interest group, they are very keyed into what the government is saying and doing because some of the some of the framing, some of like the padding off the top, even some of the questions that were asked that government routinely tracks on, like right track, wrong track, which is useful for comparing between results, is uh, I mean that's that's quite um, convenient, I suppose I would say. I actually don't know where I land on this because it does seem like such an incredulous thing that Jason Kenney would propose a sales tax to me. Um, but uh, but but almost everything else sort of says maybe it's the UCP. And, and hold on, can I before before you jump in there, Carter? You know, one thing you had mentioned is that this could potentially be a special interest group, as you alluded to, that could then take forward their findings to government as a, a way to lobby them about a policy direction. Is there anything in your mind where this could be a half measure the other way, where government, or in this case, not, I shouldn't say government, I should say the UCP or the premier's office may have this idea, but doesn't want it associated with them. Could they throw this over to a friendly third party group to go stress test something like that? Do you feel yeah, like com- that that could be part of what what's happening here? Completely. Absolutely possible. I, they have to be very careful about that because it could be considered a, a contribution to a political party, right? So you, you can get yourself into some legal hot water very very quickly there. So the level of collaboration cannot be very high in a situation like that. But but don't kid yourself. That that kind of conversation has happened since the dawn of time, right? Yeah. Like you know, a premier's office mentions offhand, boy, I'm thinking about this, but I don't know if it's popular. And an interest group says, Well, I really like that. Maybe I'm gonna put that together and give it to the premier's office. It would have to be a fairly moneyed interest group though, because mm-hmm. of the use of live callers. Like you know, online polling, um, Obviously, uh, auto dials, those are cheaper forms of polling. But to have live callers, random digit dialing is is as expensive as it gets. So like this is this is a pretty premium product. So that's that's interesting to me. Carter, what do you think of that? That theory of of perhaps this being the premier's office or UCP, you know, porting this over to a friendly third party uh, as as an option? Well, I think that, you know, we, we learn this in two weeks when we see who floats the trial balloon, right? <laughs> I, I just don't think that the trial balloon is going to come from uh, Minister Taves. He's not going to stand up there and say, you know, this is, this is what we should do in the province of Alberta. Uh, and this is something that happens all over the place. Like the government, the government wants its people its agencies, its, its, its third parties to lead them to the solutions. Government doesn't need to come up with all the great ideas. Great ideas can come from third parties and the government can respond to them. In fact, that is one of the great ways to prove to the people that you are listening, right? So if, if, a, if a Mothers Against Drunk Driving comes and says, this is what we're going to do, or this is what we want you to do, 
great. Build the parade, right? Charter schools. You want more charter schools? Good. Get out there and lead the way. Tell us, bring the people to us so that people know how good we are and how responsive we are. Um, and maybe this is like, maybe this is a chamber of commerce saying we need to get ourselves out of this uh, deficit. We know you needed to do it, but by God, we got to get you there. So, you know, a week or two, 10 days right after stampede. Well, there is no stampede, but okay. You know, right, right in the middle of July, someone testing it, not a lot of pain, not a lot of pain. If it goes poorly, um, people will have forgotten by mid August. You know, if you were playing strategist uh, bingo at home 35 minutes in, Stephen Carter has mentioned Mothers Against Drunk Driving is, of course, <laughs> the, the only meeting he took when he was at the premier's office. I think he met with them every day for eight hours Listen, a day. That is the only thing I'm concluding from your tales. Very important piece of legislation. I, I understand that. that. Save people's lives. I, I save understand. people's lives. And if you're going to live up to being the vice son of the vice regal, you're going to have to step up a little bit. <laughs> that sounds like a very defensive person to me. I don't know what you hear, Corey. Uh, Corey, on that front, do you feel like there's any other groups that we're missing here? Like we've we've bundled special interests pretty broadly. Like, could this be? I'm just throwing this out there. Like academia, any other sort of institutional group that may want to perhaps get results of this? Is there anyone else in your mind that that may have value in getting data like this? I I don't think it's academia. The, the cost alone would be quite prohibitive on that, and there are better things you can spend your limited research dollars on than than live callers for something like this. Like I, I mean, yeah. there's obviously a, po- a place for research, but my goodness, you know, this this survey would be probably ten questions longer, and uh, you know, the phrasings would involve a lot more twenty dollar words if it was written by an academic. Plus, it wouldn't have involved some of the challenges you were describing. You know, with That's the ordering true. effect and a few of the other. That's true. Issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if it was it academic, it, yeah, it yeah. would have gone through a peer, not a peer review process for the for the actual study, but the the study would have been reviewed to ensure yeah. that it wasn't doing anything that wouldn't negate the research afterwards. Uh, well, so to answer your question in a way that doesn't really answer it, but maybe can get us all thinking, you have to ask yourself who would benefit, to what advantage. And, yeah. and Carter was talking a bit about this, and, and it's why something like a Chamber of Commerce does make a fair bit of sense. You start to take the long view of the economy and, and the fiscal structure of, of the entire province. But but who whose interest is it to have a 5% PST? Whose interest is it to have a 5% reduction in you know public sector wages? There's... There's not a ton of people that that kind of sit at the middle of that diagram. So um, they have to be kind of broad interests or very UCP aligned. Like that, that's basically your two buckets to choose from. Well, the other side of this that could have been there was is unions, right? The Alberta Federation of Labor could have put something like this out, but they would have they wanted wanted different language. They would have wanted different outcomes. They would have wanted. I mean, sure, maybe this five 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 by five by five plan gets an eighty percent rejection rate. I don't think it gets an 80% rejection rejection rate given the way you framed it, given the way you've ta- taken us there. So I, I think, first of all, there's a lot of easier ways to get an 80% failure rate, right? The AFL could, could have written a totally different survey that comes up with what they want. And never underestimate the power of these surveys. This, this is one of the the lessons that I'm hoping the people who are listening to this, especially those that are listening from outside of Alberta, who are like, what the hell did I just listen to? This is a technique for communications. This is this is how this is how everything gets made. This is the, the, the process um, that you don't see. 
if the test happens, how the test is framed dictates how the test is the test is going to be tested. You know what the outcome of that test is going to be, and if it's well constructed, you can develop a policy that will stand for decades. If it's poorly constructed, you get the answer that you want, but then the policy itself falls down. Choose your question, choose your answer. And, and it's one of the reasons why we've been so critical of referenda in the past, oh, yeah. right? Because uh, you can you can really change uh, the outcome based on the language you use. So before we jump off and, and, and end this episode, this special episode, uh, where we've deep dived on this, Corey, I want to take a few minutes to talk about the content and a very high level of what we saw. Uh, there's a lot that you mentioned here. So perhaps what I'm going to ask you to do is is say the one or two things you found most surprising or most intriguing as related to the content of this survey. And and by that, I mean the policy instruments that were presented. Uh, we've, we've kind of did, done a drive-by on a few of them, but is there anything that you wanted to just mention that, that you were pretty surprised to find within this live call? So there was only two questions and they didn't dwell on it. Uh, there's two things, right? One is the, the healthcare stuff. So do you, would you support more private healthcare in the survey it was put like they have in BC, you know, really trying to minimize it, but being very explicit, it was private healthcare options. And then the other was the notion of a healthcare premium, which Albertans will know has been quite a contentious conversation. Um, and, and when Jim Prentice was premier, when he called the election that he lost to Rachel Notley, part of his package that was so unpopular was a healthcare premium. Uh, and there's some history in Alberta that I won't bother going into. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, the thing that I will say that I'm, I am struck by and not in an entirely negative way is it's like, oh, wow, are they actually thinking they're going to fix this problem for once? You know, and it, look, it's not the solution I would do. I hate sales taxes. And, I, I, and they're regressive. People say, yeah, okay, but they get, you know, payback. You know, the government gives them, uh, you know, GST rebates. Problem is you got to file your taxes for that. And a shockingly high percent of people do not file their taxes. I think it was about 14% when I last checked. Don't file at any kind of reasonable interval. Um, and guess what? That 14% disproportionately lower income. So these things are more regressive than people realize, even when you put in those things. I, I tend to be more of a fan of income taxes because, you know, even though a sales tax may be frictionless, as, as economists say, you know, it's better for the economy. I don't care just about the economy. You know, it's, it's the line goes up argument. Who cares? Like, is it better for people? But the fact that they are willing to actually entertain a grand bargain in order to solve Alberta's economic or sorry, fiscal challenges, really fascinating. And, and I guess it also tells me if I'm the NDP, I better have my own grand bargain in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. Carter, any any thoughts on the content or the messaging slash policy that you saw with presented within this poll that you want to pick up on? I, I think it's just really interesting, this everybody must suffer model and man, mantra that's coming in. If, if I, you know, it, it, whoever designed these this particular question, specifically the five by five by five problem, um, first of all, the idea that we have to eliminate the deficit in five years, pretty arbitrary, right? It, it, it doesn't need to be eliminated in five years. It could be eliminated in 10 years. Uh, Ralph Klein, I, you know, the, I can't remember his initial plan, but I don't think it was, ten, it was nearly designed to go as quickly as it did. It just happened so quickly because of the natural gas uh, changes. The second is the 5% PST. Obviously, that means that all of us who buy stuff have to pay more. We're all going to suffer. But then that's tested against the 5% rollback for all public sector employees. All public sector employees, and the way they've characterized it um, is that that's 50% of government spending. 
Like that is a tremendous amount of money. That is uh, a different way of looking at what the public sector looks like. And that includes teachers then, that includes nurses then, that includes doctors. So if you're going to go that far, you're going to have a war. You're going to have a war. If 5% rollback of all of those groups, holy smokes, this is 1994 again, and no sign of a, of a bounce back uh, by 1997. So it's going to be a gong show if this is the way you want to actually go. Corey? Yeah, that's that's almost one and a half billion dollars you're taking out of wages. That's nuts. And, um, you know, the GDP, per like if this is actually on, there's going to be a lot of conversation about this. But I mentioned the GDP per capita of Alberta is 40% higher than the Canadian average. I want to give some context to that. GDP per capita of Alberta to the rest of Canada is what Canada's GDP per capita is to Puerto Rico. So it's it's not comparable, right? You can't you can't say, yeah, we're 10 to 20% higher. That's not a relevant uh, comparable. Some categories it is, right? Some you're going to move between provinces. You're going to get the job here. Yeah. Or you're going to get the job elsewhere. But most are actually only comparable within the province, the private sector alternatives. And if you are going to reduce wages to a point where nobody wants to work for the government, you're going to introduce longer term problems as well. Big time. All right, let's move it on to our final segment, our over-under in our lightning round. Guys, are you ready? So ready. Vice Carter, I'm, go- I'm going to you first. Vice son. <laughs> I'm going to you first. Uh, question for you, over-under on 10. Uh, did Corey just make up this poll so he could uh, rally us on a Thursday night to, this to is, record this episode? This is, <laughs> this is absolutely made up. This whole episode <laughs> is based on a fiction of an imaginary telephone call that Corey had in his head when he was driving today. There is no way this is real. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next week. <laughs> this is a good strategy. I, I, for those who don't know, I don't know if we explained it. Corey does try. Uh, to, to huddle us around multiple times a week for with different strategies. Uh, this is the most creative one we've seen thus far. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if it is indeed the case, uh, I, I will give him kudos. Uh, Corey, I'm not going to ask you that question because we already know the answer. Uh, but this one is to you, Corey, uh, which is yes or no. Speculate for us. Do you feel like this is the UCP? Who do you feel like put this put this poll out? You know, I really don't know. Um, if, if I had to put chips down right now, I would say... Yes, maybe. I don't even want to do that. Like, like there are just components of it that I think are so not on brand for Jason Kenney. I, I have uh, it's it's incredibly hard for me to imagine. I, I think it's got to be somebody who's the closest of arm's lengths from the UCP. Uh, Carter, like maybe it's maybe it's Merritt. Maybe it's a Chamber of Commerce. I don't. Mm. Know. Carter, what do you think? Who, who who put this poll out? Yeah, I mean, if I had ten dollars to bet on it, I put six dollars on the, uh, Al- you know, the Alberta Chambers of Commerce, and uh, four dollars on the UCP, you know, and then spin the wheel. Let's see how it goes. I should have asked the question that way. Nicely done, you Carter. Should've. I mean, that's the that's the only <laughs> you know? time that's the only time your answer has been more innovative than the question. And I don't no, just mean it. The I, lightning round. Right? I haven't paid just... attention. I've done some great shit, some great shit on this podcast. By the way, your your entire strategy of having the liberals run uh, their next election in parallel with the U.S. election had a lot of praise last week. I so know. People loved I, me last I, week. I want to give that shout yeah, out. Uh, Corey, final question, and I'll go to you right after this, Carter. Corey, does the 555 plan find the light of day? Is it trial balloon? Do you see, yes or no, do you see this finding an existence beyond the podcast of, of the strategists? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is this might actually be how it finds the light of day. This is, we're talking to thousands of people right now. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think that once it's out there and it's a packaging of ideas that were already out there, yeah, people are going to talk about it, which is another reason why I think the NDP needs to have their own plan. Uh, okay, let me be more clear, Corey. Do you feel like government or third-party group uh, trial balloons this and, and, and as a strategy? Well, I don't know what the poll is going to come back with. Mm. I suspect, unlike Carter, I actually think it's going to be fairly unpopular. Sales tax is not a popular proposition. It's a bit of a poison pill to any kind of plan. Um, I, I've seen polling in the 20s, the 30s at best, but this is, you, you compare that to some of the other income uh, options that are available to people. Uh, by the way, people will always say raise taxes on the person who makes a dollar more than I do. Yeah. Like that's that's just a truism, but that that leaves a lot on the table, right? I mean, you can basically get majority support from about seventy five thousand dollars upward for income support or for income taxes. Carter, do you feel like this finds the light of day with uh, with the government or or the UCP government or a third party group? Oh, I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Because all I want to do the day that this thing gets trial ballooned is tweet the the link to this episode. I want to do it all day, every day. Like, this is going to make my life full and happy. And uh, I hope it gets trial ballooned. I think, um, I mean, it's a very reasonable possibility it doesn't. But someone invested a shit ton of money in this. So it's it's hard to do that poll and not actually you know, release it in some fashion. Corey, finish us off. Well, look, thank you both for coming together tonight. I think it was a good opportunity to talk about some of the some of the things foundational to the construction of polls for political parties and interest groups and whatnot and some of the stuff that goes into that. So, uh, you know, do your that's a wrap thing now, Zane. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, okay. Well, before I do that, Corey, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to beg for some <laughs> more five... I'm going to beg for some more five-star reviews. I am going to tell you, the listener, do a couple of things. Leave us a five-star review, ask a question on that review, and tweet us or find us on Facebook if you've also received this poll. We want to hear from you about that because I think that would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. Did you hear yeah. the 555? Did you get, as Carter speculated, a different number? Uh, was it a live call? Did you find it out in another format? Just send us your notes. If you if you have heard about this poll, uh, it would be really interesting, and, and we want to jam on this further. So, that's a wrap on episode 809 of The Strategist. My name is Zane Velji. With me, as always, Corey Hogan, Stephen Carter, and we'll see you next time.